Hey guys, it's your girl Jodi Ann, also known as I Go By Joe, and this is The E-Project. Let's start the show. Hey everyone, welcome back to another episode. I'm here with another amazing entrepreneur. His name is Genius. He's a music producer, and he happens to be 16 years old, which I think is pretty dope. And he happens to be the youngest person I've ever interviewed. So welcome, Genius. Gang. <laughs> okay, I was not. I was. I was not expecting that. <laughs> so welcome. How are you? I'm good. I'm just you know, enjoying life. Yeah. That's it. At 16, eh? 16. That's it. <laughs> so let us know how you got into being a music producer at 16 years old. Well, my dad showed me. FL Studio or whatever at like eight years old. So around that time, I was just, me and him were just making beats together because it was just like a hobby we're doing. We're bored at the house or whatever. And I started like really liking what what he was doing and what we were making together or whatever. So I just took it upon myself to start making the beats on my own. Okay. And then I just kept on making it. I just loved it and worked hard at it. And at about 11 years old, 12 years old, I was like, okay, this is what I want to do for the rest of my life. So I just worked really hard at it and just got crazy at it. And that's where I am today. Yo, this guy said at 11, 12, I decided this is what I want to do the rest <laughs> of my life. Dang, that is some, those are some powerful words. Yeah. At 12 years old, that's crazy. Yeah. So your parents are a huge inspiration for you like they well your dad you said your dad helped you kind of brought it to you yeah the art of it and then you and when you were ready you kind of took it on to yourself to say you know what I'm ready now to really like push this yeah and my parents and even my family like they're, they're Jamaican right so I grew up listening to a lot of reggae and dance hall and whatever so I, f- I feel like I have some sort of inspiration from that in my music too and the beats that I make so mm. it's lit it's lit it's lit still it's lit still <laughs> So you're so Toronto. I love it. <laughs> and I love that like this is coming out of Toronto because there's so much crazy talent that's here that is not always recognized. And I feel like it's not recognized because of the audience. And mm. I feel like the Toronto audience is very unsupported of someone that if someone even gets to a level that's a little bit higher than someone that they're friends with or someone that they're going to hate. And then it just brings them back, brings them back down. It's like, have you seen the video of a crabs in the bucket? And they're mm-hmm. just grabbing each other back down. I feel like that's what happens in Toronto. So you just have to figure out a way to get the audience to like you. And I, it's just, I don't know. It's just crazy. It, it is. It's just crazy. Troy, Toronto, the mentality of it is just crazy. It's a little unfortunate. But on a positive note, I do find it is changing slowly yes, but surely. Yes, yes, It's It's getting there. It's, it's getting, getting there. Yeah. But it does have a reputation within the city for that, you know, for yeah. kind of that whole crabs in the barrel kind of analogy. Yeah. So so how do you sort of, for, for yourself, how do you make yourself stand out? Like, what would you say is your thing that people would say, yo, that's a genius? Well, first it's like... People like the first thing people hear about me is my age, mm-hmm. and then they they hear my music and they're like, "This guy's making this music at this age. Mm-hmm. It's crazy." So it's just like, just I just make fire beats. Like it's just <laughs> I just make fire, and the more and more fire I make, the more people are gonna recognize what I'm doing, mm. and that's it. That's dope. You know what? I really appreciate and I love your confidence. 
And I love your balance of confidence. Like you're, even when we were shooting outside, I first met you. You know, you're kind of you're very reserved naturally. Yeah. And then as you kind of get comfortable, then you come out of your shell a bit more. Um, but you're not. Off the bat, you're not a cocky person. Like, you know, people that have been doing what you have done already at your age would be like, yo, this is me. Did it like just crazy, like super cocky and whatever. And I love that that you're super humble and you kind of just let people know what you do and you just, it is what it is, like what you just said. Yeah. You know, you make fire beats, but you don't come across that way in a sense where you're like boastful about it. Yeah. You're initially. very humble about it. And I think that's, that'll bring you very far. Yeah. It's funny because even when I walk into sessions and I'm with, like, an artist or whatever, I'll say, like, who I am, whatever, and I'll go sit down, and then I'll plug in my laptop or whatever and start playing beats, and they'll be, like, going crazy. Mm -hmm. And then they figure out my age, and they're like, whoa, you made this? Like, <laughs> it's crazy. This is you. This isn't another producer. Yeah. So it's just, like, when you, when you're quiet about things, the outcome feels a lot better. Because mm, it's like you're showing your work rather than speaking about it. Speaking about it, exactly. Amazing. No, keep it up. You're doing good. So let us know for the listeners, let them know, sorry, um, who have you who you've worked with. Because I need them to know how fire you really are. <laughs> I've worked with um, Tory Lanez, PB Longway, Killy, and I have a lot of stuff on the way. Like, a lot. Like, mm. Storm is coming crazy. Storm is that you can talk about or is kind of we have to yeah. kind of wait for it? I don't like talking about it until it comes until out. Until it comes out? Okay, yeah. you want to make sure. Yeah. I respect that. I respect that. But still, Tory Lanez? Yeah. That's, how did that happen? It was just like, he, one of his, like, one of his, like, management or whatever just called my dad and then the session just, like, happened. Like, it was just crazy. Like, the way it happened is just... It's just so fast. Like, it it was in a matter of, like, two hours. Really? Yeah, because uh, one of the artists that he did the song with is out of town. Mm -hmm. I uh, went to the studio with him before Bear, so he just, like, he linked us, and then we got in contact with the manager or whatever. They did the song together. I just played the beats, whatever. He took the beat. It was, like, crazy. Like, literally a matter of, like, two hours. So did you already... So this was a, already a beat you'd already had made? Yeah, it's a beat I already, I already had made. It was like... So it wasn't specifically for him. It no. was just a beat that... Okay. Yeah, it was just a beat I already had made. And, like, that session, like, taught me to, like, be ready and always be prepared. Because, mm. like, if you can't be... If you're not ready, then, like, how do you expect to get placements out of anything if you're not ready? Because if someone or artist calls you or you get in such a rush for a session and you have no beats and how are you supposed to get placements? Exactly. That's so, smart. Yeah. That's very good advice, actually. Yeah. So you shouldn't just have a beat when someone calls you, okay, I'll, um, I'll be back with you in a couple of days and I'll send you a beat. Yeah, you I'll should already it. have an archive of stuff that you're like, yo, this is perfect. Because I'm sure you talk with your clients and of course, kind of yeah. get to know them and know what, from what you have what will suit them. Yeah. So actually, let's speak about that. What's that process like? So when you're speaking with a new client, what are you kind of listening for to hear from them to know what beats you already have archived or if you have to create a new one that will fit them? I just, whatever I think is, like, the hardest beat that I can send to them, I just send it, and then I usually get it placed, so. Oh, wow. Yeah. Oh, that's pretty dope. Yeah. So with the one you did for Tori, what was what song was that? It's called Millions. Millions? Yes. Oh, so that was a single, right? Yeah, it was a single. Oh, dope. So how was, what was that, like, when that whole process was finished, what were you feeling? It was weird. I was, like, 14, so... When I was recorded, I was just like, it was so shocking because it happened. It literally happened in like 
two to three hours. So it just came back so fast. Like, mm-hmm. It was recorded. I, I went back in the car after the session. I talked to my dad. I'm like, yo, I really just got to say a song with Tory Lane. <laughs> it was cool. It so was, it was a really good feeling? Yeah, it was a cool feeling. Like an accomplishment? Yeah, it was a cool feeling. Very so cool. at 14, would you say that, was that your first major artist? Yeah, it was my first major artist. Okay, so was that kind of like the catapult to, like the almost like the fuel to make you want to do more? Yeah, 100%. So it like made you super even more hungry? It gave me, it gave me more confidence in my production. Mm. Yeah. So does your dad help you a lot? He doesn't help me in the production side, but like mentally, he always keeps me intact. Mm. He's, he's like, I can't be more grateful for him. Oh, that's so sweet. Yeah. <laughs> that is so sweet. You know what? I love that your manager is your dad because you have the like the best. To me, it would be like the best of both worlds. Yeah, it's because he's like he's your protector, he's your manager. It's sick. He's, you know, what I'm saying. So I couldn't, I couldn't ask for like any of a better manager. It's like the sickest thing ever. That's dope. It's the sickest. Thing ever. <laughs> so when you're going into making a beat, um, just for yourself, like not even necessarily of a. Of a client or an artist has come to you what kind of mindset do you go into to creating those beats it's just like however i'm feeling that day like if i'm like upset happy whatever it's just whenever i go in front of that laptop i know i'm gonna make a beat and then i make it i don't it doesn't necessarily say i'm gonna make this specific type of beat Mm -hmm. i just know going into the time that i'm making the beat that i'm going to make a beat and it's gonna be good Mm. so I make a beat and it's just fire. So you're good. Yeah, I'm. I'm good. <laughs> I never. I never get caught in beat block ever. Oh, beep! I've never heard that term. It's beat block. it's when a producer like a producer just is just stuck in making a beat. The so the process for them isn't great. I never get caught in that ever. Mm, so you're just, it's always like it's pretty fluid for you. Yeah, it's constant. When you 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 can't get for, at least for me, you can't get caught in beat block if you do it all the time. If you make beats all the time, there's no way someone can get, or at least me, can get caught in beat block. So you're always producing? Always. There's, there's not a time where I, sh- if I have free time, I always spend that making beats. Always spend it. Okay. So being 16, of course, you are in high school. Yeah. So how do you balance high school life and your work life, your professional life? It's just like, you just, it's just all time management. You just have to figure out, okay, I had this specific time to do homework and then this specific time to make beats. Mm-hmm. It's sometimes it's sometimes like you're just up until like four in the morning making beats or whatever mm-hmm. and then and then you go to school or whatever, seven eight o'clock in the morning and then carry on your day like it didn't happen. It's just whatever. Like it's always different. It's always different because the amount of beats you make, the amount of homework you get mm-hmm. The amount of stuff outside of even making beats and homework, your social life, whatever, changes every single day. Mm-hmm. So it's always a different process. Mm. Always a different process. I love how hungry you are because you've said you you talk about it like I can see your passion in it, but I can also tell that you like you truly love what you do. Like it doesn't phase you. Like you just said, you could be up until four in the morning making a beat and then go to school for seven. Like. That's yeah. not a normal 16-year-old mentality. Yeah. Like, you're like, oh, I'm you normally be like, oh, I'm tired or whatever. You're like, no, let's get this. Like, I'm going to school. I'm going to do what I got to do. Come home, make my beats. Yeah. So that you're super mature for your age. Thank you. <laughs> Very <man>. advanced. <laughs> <laughs> Thank you. Um. So what, So like, obviously, you're obviously friends in school and everything. So with having friends and school and making beats, um, 
do you talk about what you do at school? Because I'm sure like some of your friends know what you do, or do you kind of keep it hush hush? I like it's it's different because like people see what I do on social media, mm. so like it, you can't like avoid not talking about it. I try not to like bring it up at school, but like when like I get like a big place or whatever, people are everybody's talking about it. Okay, at school like. I have a lot of people that I just know, like, just from, like, elementary school and whatever. So, like, I'm just that guy at school that everybody likes. They, I'm that music guy that's doing his thing, and everybody rates it. So, so that's your thing, music that's, there yeah, at school. Okay. Yeah. Oh, that's pretty cool. So have you had any kids, like, be, you know, sometimes kids are, like, oh, whatever, like, jealous or whatever. Have you encountered any of that? Well, in grade 9, everybody was, like, making—not everybody, but majority of the people— were not rating what I was doing, and then they saw that I did this, this stuff at Tory Lanes, and it kind of woke them up a little bit. And mm. it's not like I ever really wanted them for wanted them to rate me or anything, but mm-hmm. like now I'm here. They just started coming around. Yeah, they just started coming around. Because if you didn't rate me from like when I was basically come up, basically, yeah, yeah, yeah. If you didn't rate me from from even when I believed in myself, then like why would I want? Why would I rate you? Mm, wow. So you okay, so you're so you know who's really there for you. Yeah, of course. At school, yeah. Your friends. Yeah, hundred percent. You know, that's even in life, that's actually very important too. And obviously because that's that same setting carries over in like your business, your professional life. Yeah, it carries throughout everything in life. Everything. So it's good that you have a handle on that right now. Yeah. Look at you. Your parents, honestly, like to have you as a son, so proud. <laughs> <laughs> So, in terms of um, the thing that some of the tools that you use for your to make your music, what kind of resources have you used that have helped you kind of develop your style? Uh, I just like, I feel like, I just it took me a long time to develop my own sound. So it took me like four or five years to figure to finally get to the point where I'm making my own stuff. Mm-hmm. So. It was just a process of this experimenting with a bunch of different things and getting inspiration from other people and other songs or whatever. So yeah, okay. it's got me to where I am now. Okay. So who are some of those people that inspire you? Definitely my dad inspired me and Sizzla and mm. Capleton and like a bunch of different reggae artists and yeah, it's just hearing stuff on the radio and stuff like it just inspired me mm. so. so in terms of your sound because you did say your reggae inf- influence yeah. and you just named a couple artists yeah. right now how did you get to the point where you're like this is it like this is the sound i kind of i want to really have as my own it's developing every day like it, every every day i get better mm-hmm. at making my own stuff so the point where i don't think i'm at a point where i have a sound where it's just like okay, it's done. Like this sound, I'm just gonna go go with it. The mm-hmm. same sound forever because my sound is developing as my life changes. Because I'm I'm not even graduated yet. I don't know what life is like outside of school. Mm-hmm. Outside of being at school from eight to three o'clock a day. Mm. So it's just like just making beats and social life and people around me and everything mm. is just developing my sound. Just what I go through every single day. So, listening to music, music's changing. 
this generation drastically yeah drastically how do you feel about that the cha- the way that how fast music is changing it's sick it's so <laughs> sick it's so sick and a lot of people don't like it because of that because it's changing so fast mm-hmm. everybody expects well not everybody but let's say the, some of the older people don't like it because it's not the original the original boom bap mm-hmm. so the fact that it's to where it is now and it's not really about lyricism anymore. It's more about feeling. Mm, and people interesting. Are, people are getting more of a feeling out of music now. So if I'm going to school and I hear a song playing in the cafeteria, people aren't really listening to the lyrics. The speaker might be bad in the cafeteria. Yeah. People are hearing that beat going boom, boom, Like it's going crazy. Mm-hmm. And that's just, everybody's lit. You know what I mean? Back then... Music might have been that I I wouldn't know, but music was more of conscious, and you're getting more of a a message out of it. And I feel like now that music is more production, it's just making the producers excel way more. Okay, okay, so interesting. It's I didn't... sick. Like it's just I love where production is at right now, and I love how accessible it is for for people to be making beats now because. Back in the 1980s, 1970s, it was hard for someone to become a producer because you had to get equipment and buy so much stuff. But now you can download FL Studio off of YouTube or wherever, look at tutorials, and you're already making beats that someone can go on. Mm. It's just the skill, the, the, the learning curve has changed so much. So it's just sick. It's just amazing. We're this generation's at and how music has changed so much. It's crazy. It's just so crazy. So would you say that there's no excuse to not be, if you want to be in that realm, say you want to be a producer, would you say there's no excuse to not be a producer because of how many things are accessible to us now? Yeah, there's no excuse. There's no excuse for you not to be a producer. If you want to do something, not even just producing in life, you can do it. Like, if you put your mind to it, you can do anything in life. So to say that something is preventing you, then you're just making an excuse for yourself not to do it because something that my dad is, or, and my mom has taught me is that no matter what you can do, whatever you are physically, mentally, or whatever, you can overcome it and you can do what you want. Mm-hmm. So that's just the process I'm trying to get to now where I can be at a point where... I can say, okay, I did what I've been wanting to do for so long. Mm-hmm. And I wanted, I got to the point where I wanted to be for so long. So it's just getting there. Thanks, Mom and Dad. Yeah. <laughs> <laughs> wow. Honestly, you're, like, blowing me away. Your maturity is on, like, 100. Thank you. <laughs> Appreciate it. No, it's crazy. Like, no, this is, this is crazy. Like, you're, like, at 16, I was, like, coloring. like this is yeah you're definitely tenfold of what i was a lot of us at what when we were 16 so kudos to you thank you (laughs) so in um some of the people that you've worked with uh like side by side like other producers do you have mentors that you kind of can talk about that you've worked with that have really helped you excel to where you are i have um a lot of people that i worked with that i love making music with like I love making music with Wonder Girl. Her beats are crazy. This next level, like I just love making beats with her. And 
there's mixed vice sosa helped me a lot uh, my dad has helped me a lot he's a person that showed me how to use fl studio and the mm-hmm. basics of it and yeah it's just people that i've been making beats and making even music with have helped me get to where i am like even killy i've been working a lot with him and making beats with him has opened my eyes up to a mind of an artist and mm-hmm. it's just sick working with them because I feel like my beats are like some somewhat sort of made for him mm. his, the way his sound is and the way he does this stuff over the beats it's just crazy and every time I send them a beat it's never the same beat twice it's always a different beat like a beat that sounds completely different than the last one I sent him mm. and even let's say if I send him a beat and even he doesn't take it he can get inspiration from that beat to go on to another one Oh, interesting. So let's say if I send him a beat and he has a, the beat is crazy, he's going crazy to it, whatever, and he doesn't even end up going to it because he can't find his flow right, maybe that would help him get better or or find a different flow or find a, a new way to do this over a beat. And it's just, it's just sick seeing someone progress, including myself, 100% including myself, get to a point where damn, I really just made this this song with them, and we both did this together. It's crazy. It's just awesome. Yeah, <laughs> it's awesome. Oh, that's so cool. Yeah. That's super inspiring. Yeah. Shout Even, like, having that personal relationship with that art, with an, any artist, like, as a producer, that must feel really great. Yeah, it's sick. It's, like, it's just cool because people that, people like Wonder Girl and Killy and portion and campaign and everybody that I've really worked with it's just like the relationship we have makes the music for us Mm. so like when we have a a good relationship it helps the music get better Mm -hmm. so if we just make lots of music and our relationship gets better and better the music's just going to be more and more fire after every song and that's how that's how it's been for a long time. So, yeah, it's just cool. Dope. I love that. Yeah. <laughs> I love your passion. I'm going to keep saying that throughout this whole interview. <laughs> I just love seeing you speak about what you do because you, you look so... I wish you guys could see him. He just looks so happy. And he's, like, <laughs> smiling from, like, ear to ear. Like, it's amazing. <laughs> so, someone that wants to get into, say, specifically beat making, what what are some of the steps you can advise them on and where how to start? You'd have to work hard and just get out there. If you're staying at home making beats all the time, that's great, but like you have to be at places to get placements and stuff. Like obviously the digital era you can send beats online or whatever, but meeting someone face to face is 100% better than texting them or DMing them on Instagram. So, if you have the product, go out and sell it. And do what you can to sell it. I stayed in my house for, like, two summers straight. Like, when I was, like, ever since, like, that Tory Lanez place, when I've been staying in my house or whatever, just making music. Mm -hmm. And it wasn't until I started going to the studio often and meeting new people, that's when I started getting placements and starting branching off and building my brand. Mm. So 
you have to just go out and get it. You just got to do it. Like, so you're building relationships. Yeah, you have to go. You have to go out and get it. Like you can't just stay at your house and do it, because nobody, no producer, has completely made it or at any sort of sort any sorts got to a point where they can chillax and sit at home and make residual income without going outside and getting it. Mm -hmm. You can't. It's just impossible. You Mm -hmm. have to go out and get it. That's how you get up up there. Mm -hmm. That's how you just get up there. 100%. No, I agree with you. I love... Because a lot of times, like this generation, I find we're so about our phones and like texting and DMing and all that kind of stuff. And that personable, like, one-on-one face-to-face is almost kind of... I don't want to say a lost art, but it's 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 very uncomfortable for some people. Yeah, it's just so easy to DM somebody. Yeah. So I love that you're saying that you're advocating. But no, you need to go out because you're not going to get noticed if you don't. Yeah. That still exists. That will never get old. One on one, face to face. Yeah, will never. You, you it's unbeaten. Only, you know what I'm saying? You can only Skype so much. Yeah, right? exactly. So you need to build those relationships and get to know those people and get yourself out there. Yeah, that's it. So have you? collaborated with um with a lot of artists because of course you want like you sell your beats and that yeah, kind of yeah. stuff but I, is there a point where you were like just collaborating and then when did you know okay yeah it's time for me to now i'm going to transition I'm, I'm selling my beats there's i'm i've done the work i've done the you know the grind what i had to do and now i'm selling i feel like that that point it's just like i keep even to where it is now i keep my beats like very coveted mm-hmm. so i feel like the best product comes out the best relationships and who I feel is the best to go over my beats and who I feel like, okay, this artist approached me. I'm going to build something tailored towards him mm-hmm. and we're going to make craziness. So I feel like the point where I started to sell my beats was around the time where I felt confident enough to have my beats out there. Mm. So when I felt like that my beats were... Com- comparable on level or better than stuff that you're hearing on the radio or wherever, Twitter, Instagram, that's when I felt like, okay, it's time for me to make some money off of this. Oh, okay. So you kind of compared to what was out there to what you have. Yeah. And you're like, what, my stuff is good or just is just as good or better, yeah. so I'm going to... Yeah, 100% okay. be aware of your surroundings. Like, no matter what situation in life it is, you have to be aware of your surroundings. Like... It's just, it's just like cheat codes. Like if you want to be somewhere in life and you want to get there, then like you just gotta look at what's around you and mm-hmm. see what's getting other people there. Mm. So it's just you just gotta be there. I actually like what you just said. That's so true. When you just said you have to look at what's ar- like what's out there and what's around you yeah. to get ahead, kind of thing. Yeah, I like that because a lot of times. We you do, we're like oh I'm not gonna look at anyone else for insp- inspiration or whatever or whatever it is because mm-hmm. you don't want to quote unquote copy anybody copy then, yeah but you're not copying you just you want to see who your competitors are exactly and see how you can kind of level up on them yeah so I like that you just said that it's really smart yeah, thank you <laughs> so what kind of what challenges have you faced that would you say have made you grow I feel like the challenges that got me to get me better is probably like constantly being a constantly making beats or be let's say if I had a deadline I have to 
had these amount of beats for X for this day, mm-hmm. I feel like that has gotten me better because I can see what I make beats under pressure mm-hmm. and when I can make a product or make a fire beat faster or make a fire beat and I'm certain amount of times it expands your mind to say, okay, maybe I can go at it from a different process and I can make beats at like at a different rate and it's just just a bunch of different things that just happened. I don't know how to describe it. It's just... Was there, like, one time where something really rough happened and you're like, like, you almost... You know that feeling you almost feel like, not necessarily giving up, but yeah. just that, you know, we kind of have those down times and then, like, something happens and then you kind of bring yourself back up and it gets you re-motivated again? Honestly, like, anything that's happened in music has never really put me down. Okay. It's more probably more stuff has happened in like social life okay music is social life to me too but stuff that's happened outside of music or whatever that's probably the stuff that would bring me down i feel like music has never brought me to a point where i'm down and i i'm super depressed and all of that i don't it hasn't really done that for me okay yeah so anything that's happened in your social but has that would you say that's been kind of fuel to help you to keep going and oh, yeah, to kind of grow 100 percent 100 percent Without my, like, social life and meeting other people and the people around me, my beats would nef- definitely not be where they're at right now. Mm. Sometimes you, I, I like asking that because I find that those rough times kind of show you what you're capable of. Yeah. In, like, a positive way kind of thing. Because yeah. it kind of shows you, like, oh, I'm strong. It shows you how strong you are, and you just keep pushing, you keep going. Yeah. Because failure, like, I, I don't know if you follow Will Smith on Instagram. Oh, uh, yeah, yeah. Do you? Fun. No, I don't. But no. His stuff is funny. I he see has so much, so many inspirational videos. And failure was one of a video, a video that he had not too long ago. And he's like, don't be afraid to fail. Basically, just to sum it up. Because failure is what makes you get better. Yeah. Awesome. That's sick. So what advice would you give to an aspiring um, entrepreneur? No, it doesn't necessarily have to. I know we're talking about music and what you do, but it doesn't necessarily have to be for a producer, but just anyone that wants to kind of do something for themselves. Work hard, stay persistent, and find a balance between anything in life. Like, find your balance between, let's say, put in perspective, making beats and going out and getting those beats sold. Like, find just find your balance in everything because, like, even if there's, like, a balance in how many beats you would make in one day or what you're doing in life and, like, how much sleep you're getting. Mm-hmm. Like, that stuff is important. Just Even if you think, like, making beats and whatever all day, like, that's sick. I do that. Mm-hmm. But, like, if you're going to make beats, like, 24 hours straight, like, that's going to be detrimental to your life, your mm-hmm. health. All that other stuff is important. And I and me, making music or any creative process you have it's sick. Like doing something that you love is awesome, and getting to tr- and getting to the places where you want to be doing the stuff you love is sick. But it, if you find a balance between doing your other stuff in life, then mm-hmm. like it just makes everything else, including your beats, better. Mm, I like that. So, what do you love most about making beats? Like, what's what would you say is, like, that one thing that makes you keep going? Like, what do you love about this? It's just making, like, sick music. It's just when I get, like, a song out or when I'm just finished making a beat, like, it's just just sick. Like, I just love making a beats and hearing 
okay, I just made this. This was crazy. I go, I put it on my Dropbox. I listen to it at school all day. And I go home and I make a another five. And mm-hmm. then I go back to school and I listen to it all day at <laughs> the same times. And it's just sick. And, like, hearing my own stuff and enjoying my enjoy hearing my own stuff is sick. It's awesome. I love it. It's so a awesome. good feeling. Yeah, it's a, it's a really good feeling. And the passion's always going to be there. Like, I love this. I just love making music. It's just sick. I don't know how to put it into words. It's just I'm going to be doing it for the rest of my life. Even when I'm an old, old man <laughs> with, with a cane, I'm still going to be still going to be on my FL studio or whatever I'm going to be using at that time. Oh, that's music. so that's dope. I love that. Yeah. I thought honestly, low key, I thought you'd be like, you know, when I'm old and I'm like forty, I was gonna be like, listen, forty's not old. Yeah. <laughs> but I love how you said with the cane because you know, yes, when you have a cane, you know, you're like ninety. Yeah. You never know. You still be popping with everything that's going with technology. You'll be still fresh. Yeah, it's gonna be sick. It's <laughs> gonna be cool seeing all those people that I'm working with that are like over twenty, mm-hmm. and they're just like see what they are and like when they're 50 <laughs> and and just seeing like how they are now compared to what they're going to be in like 30 years mm-hmm. from now including myself is going to see what I'm going to be in 30 years it's going to be cool like what is this generation going to be like because like most of the people like in my father's generation are like they're like just working and they just they have their family and they're just doing at home stuff and not they're not really out there like they were when they like were like we are kind like, of thing. Yeah, yeah exactly and I wonder if my generation is gonna be like still out there when they're old yeah and just be, that's interesting yeah, actually it's gonna be it's gonna be cool to see what it is I was thinking about that the other day actually <laughs> I never thought about that that actually is, that makes a lot of sense because it's true our parents they come from a time where it was like go to school you work you go to school you get a good job. And you work, we're working like a nine to five kind of thing. Yeah. Now it's totally different. Like going forward, that nine to five corporate job technically won't really exist. It's like we have to make our own jobs. Yeah. So, which I think it's kind of nice. It kind of gives us, more, it gives us the power yeah. like back to us. More people are branching off in the stuff they love now. Like I, I feel like that generation of parents that came from other countries and immigrated into Canada. Mm-hmm. Or emigrated into Canada, like they were, they were very pushy onto their kids. Of okay, you're going to be a doctor, do this. And now parents are more supportive of more supportive of their kids doing stuff outside of school that are like creative process, like arts, making music, mm-hmm. um, anything, Photoshop, your design and graphic designing. Like parents are pushing their kids to do stuff that's outside of the social norm, which is cool. So it's. It's just going to keep on getting better, and more people are going to be making stuff that's, like, creative and stuff. It's going to be sick. Oh, yeah, 100%. So is producing—I know that's your main thing. Sorry, I know producing is your main thing, but do you have any other um, creative things that you like to do? Um, No, uh, not really. Like, I'm not very—I'm very much an artist. Yeah, I don't draw or anything, so I just, like— Making music is just like takes up all of all your like, time, all my creative. Anything that I do creative is basically just music, mm. just making music, recording, whatever. Okay, so what do you hope to? Would you say within the next five years? I'm gonna say five years. Where do you hope to see yourself? I just hope to see myself mentally, mentally strong as I am now, 
and financially secure. That's mm. it. I don't really care about like being like the most popular producer or whatever because my beats are gonna speak for themselves, right? So it's just whatever I do to get to the point where I'm financially secure and mentally strong, or whatever. Mm-hmm. That's just that's just what I'm gonna get to. So, amen. So, yeah. <laughs> so, I love asking this question to everyone because I love hearing all the different responses. Um, what does being a creative entrepreneur mean to you? Like, what's your definition of that? Somebody that devotes their all their time to or their free time and love what they're doing mm-hmm. and trying to pursue that as something they want to do for the rest of their life or use it. And using their using their creative skills to branch off into another another field or anything because really and truly like a great pro- entrepreneur doesn't put all their all their cards in one box you know what i mean Mm -hmm. like they they find different avenues to be making money uh get out there so if you're using your time to get to a point where you want to be or let's say if i want to be the greatest the best artist of all time or whatever and you're doing what you can to get there you're already mentally a creative entrepreneur you might not be there actually there but if you're have the mindset of, okay, I have this thing and I love doing it and I want to do this for the rest of my life. You already mentally a creative entrepreneur. So it's just sick if you're doing something that you love and just getting there. I love seeing it. It's not really like something I see in school a lot because I guess people are very like shy or whatever and they're not like they don't want to do it and they just scared that oh it's gonna fail and this and that like if you just have your mindset like you can do anything and that's just something i tell myself every single day well i guess um we're done now (laughs) no like what listen you're inspiring me. you have no idea how much you're inspiring me right now like that was like one of the best explanations i've actually ever heard that's crazy Thank you. Like, you're way beyond your years. I can't even talk properly. See what you're doing? (laughs) Like, you're actually way beyond your years. Like, that's crazy. Good job, mom and dad. Like, dope. (laughs) (laughs) Wow. So, I'm actually, next question I have, I'm, like, very intrigued to hear what you're going to say for this one. What legacy do you want to leave behind? I want my music to be able to change people's lives, and I want people to listen to my music and be like, wow, this, this music gives me this sort of emotion and I want it to be a want there to be a point where everybody that I'm making music with is is winning just as much as I am mm. or they're winning more than I am so what? so okay. it's just any sort of legacy that I can leave behind where the people my peoples and everybody that after I pass or whatever are still doing their thing and they're getting to the, their point or they're past their point. Mm-hmm. They're getting to a point they never could have gotten to. That's the legacy that I want to leave behind because when I feel like I'm s- secure with my life, I'm going to make sure that everybody else around me is to where they want to be at life too. Okay. 
<laughs> I need see when I start having kids. I need like I need to get your DNA. I need to like she's like I need a copy of you. <laughs> so my sixteen year old is gonna be just like, <laughs> like what? That's crazy. No, genius. That's thank you. I'm just gonna say thank you. <laughs> wow. Okay. So okay, that was really good. Thank you. You just kind of stunned me a little bit. <laughs> All right. So. What is your why? Like, why I'm doing this? Yes. Like, what is, yeah, what is your why? Well, I'm doing this because it's something I love to do. And it's something I want to do for the rest of my life. I'm going to do for the rest of my life. And I just love seeing other people listening to seeing other people listen to my music and enjoying it. Mm-hmm. And I love the whole culture behind Toronto music, how I can go to a release party, shout out Anders, and... <laughs> Just, it'll be a fun time. Like, you know, it's just sick making music and how people from countries I've never even been to can listen to it and just everything around the whole culture of Toronto and music is just sick. So Mm. I I just love it. It's just, I can't even, it's hard for me to put into words the feeling that I get when I see someone listening to my music or hearing someone's music and being like wow like this is crazy like i can't even put it into words the feelings that i get when i when it happens wow okay so you mentioned culture a few times yeah so what about the culture of toronto like inspires you like what about it do you do you kind of get you going that do you see that it's changing because I kind of see little things, yeah. and I'm like, it's, it's like amazing things. So I'm just curious, in terms of the Toronto music scene, like, what do you kind of feel about it? Well, Toronto is, like, so culturally, culturally diverse. So, like, so many people from so many different countries are, like, put into this this little space, mm-hmm. this, this whole area, and going to the same school and whatever. So, like, all of that mixed together is just, that's Toronto. Mm-hmm. The whole slang behind it, the whole slang that they have, the whole Toronto dialect, um, the music that they get from people, from Somalian people, from uh, African people, anybody, and it's just squashed into one, and it's just sick. People coming from other countries and bringing their cultures into here is just like Toronto's so accepting of other people's cultures, and that's what makes it so sick to be in Toronto. Mm. It's because other people and other people come from other countries and then people from Toronto are like, oh, this this thing that you're doing in your, in your culture, this, the way you're saying this, this thing, like, how people would be like, wallahi, in Toronto, like, it's just sick that everybody's just so connected, mm-hmm. but they don't even realize how connected they are. Mm. And it's just... Ah, oh, it's just crazy. I love it. I love it so much. No, I love it too. It's Toronto so culturally diverse. It's one of the best cities I'm going to say in the world. It's, one a, it's of, definitely. It's the best city in the world. Oh, the best. Okay. The, the best city in the world for music, anything. Like the most fire music comes out of Toronto. Anything. The most fire producers come out of Toronto. Like everything just comes out of Toronto. That's just sick. Hmm. And the, I feel like the only thing that's holding it back, which is getting better, is just the audience. Like, people will see another person winning and think that it's a competition. 
and it's really not. It's just two people that are both trying to eat off what they're doing creatively. So mm-hmm. that's when that when Toronto gets to a point where it's like Atlanta, where everybody's giving a helping hand and bringing each other up to the next level, then that's like that's just when Toronto is just gonna go out the roof, like out the roof, mm. and it's slowly getting there because so many artists like Killy, Anders, Portion are just getting up in those levels and then it's just like they're just going to take off. Mm-hmm. They already are taking off. When peop- when kids or people at my school see that, they're going to be like, okay, people in Toronto will rate me for it. Not because they won't rate me because, oh, I'm from the East End, oh, I'm from this block, or, oh, I'm a man from Oshawa or a man from Whitby. Oh, people are not going to rate me because of this. When Toronto gets to the point where it doesn't matter who you are, where you're from, and it's just the music that you're making is fire, then that's when Toronto is just going to go crazy. Like That's just when it's going to go out of the roof. That's, I'm waiting for that moment. I like that. That's a great explanation. <laughs> so speaking of a little bit more about culture and things that are happening and the changes that are happening in music, as a producer, what are some of your thoughts on because this was the big topic in 2017 especially i'm gonna say 2016 2017 and now as well cultural appropriation in music because you see it a lot you see a lot of artists um predominantly like you know caucasian artists or other cultures use dipping into urban music but not giving them the credit back to it what's your kind of feelings on that well like obviously taking anything from anywhere and using it as your own and acting like you do not get any inspiration from there is a bad thing. Mm-hmm. So it's just something like that's just gonna keep on happening. And I feel like it's not gonna, it's never gonna not stop because people are gonna continue trying to steal something and eating off of it because one, they're lazy, or two, they just like, they just think that what they're doing won't get them to that place. So they steal some, whatever, what else, or something that someone else is doing. Mm-hmm. And running off with it just so they can make a quick a quick bread but that's not like longevity because mm. someone's already done that like a, if i was to come out and be like uh anders 2.0 or Killy 2.0 where i'm making the same beats using making the same beats they go on rapping the same way do it like cool you'll get a little clout off of it like the clout won't be great like people will be hating you're gonna get Maybe a five like five thousand dollars, ten thousand dollars. You're gonna be like, okay, men's made five thousand, ten thousand dollars, but that's not like that's not longevity. Like you're not gonna last off of that. Mm-hmm. So anybody that's stealing a culture and they're eating off of it, I don't feel like they're gonna be eating off of it forever. Mm. They're, they're just gonna be making their quick monies off of it. But stealing from another person's culture is like just not right. No, and if not it, even showing recognition. Not showing yeah. recognition. Like, there's a difference between like stealing something and giving credit, and then like, and then like, or getting inspired, inspired or, yeah. by it. Exactly. So, if you just if you just feel like you're inspired by someone, then try and build something off of that. Find something that you can make your twist on it. Be yourself when you're making music. Be mm-hmm. don't try and be someone else when you're doing something creatively because you're just not going to get anywhere. I feel like even in 2013, 2012, whatever, when Waka Flocka was going crazy, I'm going hard in the paint, this and that, 
everybody was making Lex Luger beats at that <laughs> point. Lex Luger drum kit just came out. Everyone was going crazy. Even after that, 2014 comes. Boy Wonder or whatever, even 2014, 2013. I don't remember when Boy Wonder's kit came out. When that came out, everybody was making beats, like, Not Afraid and all that. Like, mm-hmm. It's just, like, if you have that much of an impact, like, just expect people to be stealing your stuff. Mm. Expect it. Like, you're not going to be able to avoid that. There's always people out there that are trying to get what you're, get the spot where you are for free. That's why, like, even producers and this and that, like, people will give out a free beat or not even, like, it's wrong to give out a free beat, but giving out a free beat just to get to your position and then trying to eat off your position and doing this and that and and stealing what you do and all of that just to just for a little clout mm-hmm. and even on top of that the gen our generation or my generation clout is crazy like people oh, oh my gosh it's, like, yeah it's, it's insane it's insane people are just going crazy over clout doing the dumbest stuff for clout and like they don't realize clout does not last forever forever the point that you get in life where you are let's say you're at your peak for how popular you're at at school i've seen so many people in the area that i'm from that like they've been to they're in everybody's talks this and that and they're literally nobody's now it takes once you get to that point it takes such a little thing for you to get back to a point where okay humble yourself get figure out what's around you and don't don't be like that person that like oh I'm popular this and that and don't talk to me you're on the lows because you're gonna be on the lows with them at one point mm-hmm. and then you're just gonna look like an idiot when you're when you're on the lows with them and nobody wants to talk to you you're just gonna be all bummed out depressed so mm-hmm. like clout is just a crazy circle of life and there's a balance between everything it's just the point that I was getting to for everything is that there's a balance between everything. So if you're just if you find a balance in everything that you do, then you just life is just so much better. If you don't go crazy over clout, money, your your music or anything, anything of the stuff that's detrimental to your life or whatever, if you find a balance whatever to that, then like it's just it's just gonna be great. And that's what I do. If I find a balance between making beats and doing anything else and not making beats and going on going out with like friends and family and then not going out with friends and family, like finding that balance is just makes life easier. So just stick with that. Awesome, thank you. <laughs> <laughs> so on the business side of things, I know your dad, he's your manager, so he helps obviously manage a lot of that for you. Yeah. Um, well, what have you learned in that process? Like things that you've seen that you're like, man, if my dad was doing this, I would I would have to do a lot of these like phone calls, emails, oh, yeah. texting, all that kind contracts, of stuff. So lawyers, contracts, ex- everything, yeah, like, exactly. Dealing with labels and all of that. Like it would have been. It's I'm so grateful to have where my dad in the position where he's he's helping me and he's taking over that spot as manager for me mm-hmm. because. That stuff is not easy. Like it's it's hard for you to go out and and deal with all of that yourself and get a lawyer and deal with all these labels and whatever. Like it's it's not an easy process and 
nothing that's good in life really comes easy. Mm-hmm. Word to Bob Marley. <laughs> yes, Bob Marley. Okay. So you've learned quite a bit then. Yeah, I've learned, like, obviously, like, the stuff that goes into contracts, leasing, exclusive, work for hire, all, all of all of that, like, boring stuff or whatever that, like, makes people money. Mm-hmm. I, I know... I know more than enough to get me by and where, like, I can trust other people to deal with what I'm doing. So, mm. yeah, it's I've learned quite a bit from that, yeah. That's really good. I think it's important because although, like, of course, you have a manager and that's amazing, yeah. but I think it's really important for you to know kind of what, what's going on behind the scenes as well. For, you know, because as you get older, you get to kind of take more responsibility and do more things and see more things. Mm-hmm. So I think that's really important because even, like, people that are, say, in their 20s that, say, don't have a manager and have to deal with this, like, by themselves, it's a lot of work. Yeah, it's a lot of work. And it's just you have to... It takes it takes guidance too, like you, you, not everything that you think you can do on your own, you can't do on your own. Like you need, you need to find the right people to help you, mm-hmm. and the way you find people, right people to help you and do your, and do your thing with it is, one be, be a point where you're comfortable enough to see okay your your work is sick, and two be aware of your surroundings, like see what's popping. Like, let's say Anders is popping, whatever, or someone like Portion or even me or whatever, if I'm popping or whatever, find the people that's around me that's helping me to do it and try and get to them Mm -hmm. to help you to get to that point. Mm. So whatever you can to get to that point, do it. Like, whatever you can without stealing. Of course, 100%. copyright and stuff, you're just going to get sued and... Yeah, don't do that. <laughs> no, guys, do not do that. <laughs> don't steal. So when it comes to branding and marketing, uh, do you do a lot of that yourself? Yeah, with I am. Media? Well, I am the genius. I am the genius. So anything that I do in my life is on social media. Mm-hmm. And what I, what I do is my brand. Mm-hmm. So when you're, when you're yourself and, what, and when you're being yourself for your brand, it comes easy. Mm. If you're trying to be someone else, and you're branding yourself and you're trying to brand yourself as something that you're not, then it's going to be hard because when you're trying to be like Drake, you're not Drake. You're so, not. so you don't really know what's going through Drake's head to get, to get to his point. So when you're branding yourself to be like Drake, you don't know what Drake's going to do next. So how do you know what you're going to do next? Mm-hmm. You know what I mean? So it's just be yourself. So how do you strategize your social media? So for you, obviously you might have a personal one, but for your business side things for like as a producer, how do you sort of maintain that? Like how do you post? How do you kind of have you learned like a way for yourself, especially with the new algorithm that's happening with Instagram, yeah, it, like getting your work noticed? Like how do you go about doing that? Well, it it doesn't it doesn't come like overnight. So anything that I've done to get there is just like you have to you have to just push yourself out there and approach people because the worst thing someone big can say is no mm-hmm. or they don't answer you. But if you're seeing someone in person and you're telling them, okay, I'm this and you're confident in what you're saying and what you're doing, mm-hmm. they are going to, they're going to message you. If, and if they don't, then boo-hoo to them. Mm-hmm. They're missing out because if you're confident in your work and in your brand and what you're doing, then you can succeed 
in life and what you're doing. Mm. So confidence is another thing that's key that you can do to get to your point. So what I did was when I when I was like not confident in my work and this and that, I I finally got to the point where like okay, my beats are hard. I'm going to push it. I'm going to get out there. I'm not going to sit in my basement all day and make beats and just go to sleep and do it again mm-hmm. and then not get not approach anybody and expect people to come to me. No, I got up and I did it and I got to the point where I am now and I'm doing certain little things to get to the, to try and get to the point where I am going to be in 5 years or 10 years or 20 years or 30, mm-hmm. 40, etc., you know. So you just have to push yourself to get to push your push yourself, push your beast, work hard, get your confidence in your work and yourself and your brand and what you're doing. Then once you have that, just go with it. Mm-hmm. Carry yourself with it and then you're just you're blessed. Awesome. Yeah. So would you say is so okay, is social media a big part of getting your name out there as well? Of course. Other than like meeting in person, like do you like when you post something or if you're you have a like, you're on everything. I know you're on Spotify, yeah. you're on SoundCloud, you're on like everything yeah, basically yeah. for your music. So is that a huge part of your promotion? Yeah, especially that's with a, Instagram. That's, so social media is c- crucial, and people don't realize that because you can't be going to a place and looking looking like you have to look the part. You can't expect people not to look to to message you if you're not looking apart. Because the first thing people do is see you. They don't mm-hmm. talk to you. They don't hear you. They don't smell you. Nothing. Eyes are the first sense that people look, or that people use to understand a person. So if, once you see, once a person sees, okay, this person's approachable, then you're good. You, if you go to a place, or if I'm going to a release party, or going to a venue, or a concert, or whatever, if I look the part, you have to sell your image. Once mm-hmm. you sell your image, you're making money off your image and not just your work. And then that just opens up another another avenue for you to make money because people something Zaytoven has taught me has told me before is that once you people once you sell the once you sell your part, your image, your your work is gonna excel with your image. So if you have a proper image and people and you have a reason for people to message you, mm-hmm. then you just, like, you excel off of that. So it's just look the part in that, in your image, and be that person. Be that guy. Let people know you walk into the room, that guy's a producer. He's not a, reg- he's not a regular Joe. He's a producer. You can tell that he has confidence in his work. He can tell that he's... He knows what he's doing, and he knows how to carry himself. So once people figure it out and people start questioning them, start putting questions into their mind about you, then that's all you have to do to approach them. If someone sees that you're doing someone doing something or they see that you're, you look good or whatever, people are going to want to approach you. And once you approach them instead of them approaching you, it's just going to be even better because they wanted to approach you. They didn't. You approached them, so your confidence to the roost, and they're already messing with you before you even said a word to them. So it's just sick. Once you do that, you can build off of that and then just get to the next step and do, do that again, do a next thing, and then just keep on going off of that. 
Awesome. Thank you. <laughs> you're just like, honestly, I, I can just talk to you all day because you're just inspiring me. Like, I need to go home and like, I need to get my life together. <laughs> You've made me realize that tonight. <laughs> but honestly, genius, Julius, thank you so much. I appreciate talking with you. This has been amazing. You're amazing. Like, you really are. Gang. Gang. <laughs> <laughs> one question I like to ask everybody before I leave is what is the one thing you cannot leave the house without minus your cell phone? Jeez. Um, my music, my laptop, my keyboard, my everything. So just my music stuff. I can't leave the house without it. If I'm going to a party or something where I know people for music are going to be there, I'm always prepared for it. So, yeah, for you to get something, you have to be prepared for it. So once I have the laptop or whatever ready, mm-hmm. someone can be like, okay, yo, I'm going to the studio. After this, yo, you trying to fly? Yeah, I'm trying to fly. I have my stuff with me. If you're, if you're from Oshawa or you're from, from Richmond Hill or Toronto and the studios and wherever place 40 minutes away then you're gonna you're gonna be that guy that's gonna have to go back come back go back to your house go back to the studio two hours already passed they could already use another man's beat mm-hmm. you missed out on your opportunity so you just gotta be prepared with that that's why i bring my laptop like everywhere always be prepared always 100 million percent be prepared like can't just that enough have to Awesome. Thank you. Oh, thank you so much, Genius. I really appreciate you coming out here and speaking with me and meeting me and doing this interview. Um, I know so many people, especially your age and older, are going to really benefit from hearing what you've had to say today. So thank you. Thank you. Gang. (laughs) Genius mode. (laughs) So before we go, um, can you please share where we can find you on social media? Uh, Instagram is Genius Level. That's Genius with a J. So Genius Level for Instagram. Twitter is Genius Beats. SoundCloud is Genius Level. And hit me up, fam. You know, I'm I'm here. I'm out here. Yeah, out here. I'm out here still. <laughs> all right, guys. Thank you so much again for listening. I will provide all of Genius's social media at the bottom of the blog, as always. So thank you, guys. And until next time, bye. Gang. Hey guys, don't forget to share, rate, like, and subscribe on Spotify, SoundCloud, Google Play Music, CastBox, Stitcher, and Apple Podcasts. Thanks again for tuning in.